0: Okay, How are you guys doing? Yeah. Happy? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to be happy about,
1: don't we? It's summertime. Have you had
0: any barbecues lately? 4th of July.
1: Don't you love barbecue? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I, do. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh,
0: want to talk about barbecue
1: today.
0: What are gonna do today? Let's go to barbecue. Not not like your casual kind, you're really good kind. i your Bibles to
1: John chapter 14. Not gonna be hellfire like you're gonna be fried
0: like whiskey bacon, not that kind of barbecue. We're talking about grape barbecue. Have you ever been one? You know, not, not the sudden ones you do with your friends. When I was single, we would sometimes just go, we had a brother who would um, just have people over to his house and he put a little hibachi in his carport and cook for people. Isn't that cool? I'm talking about my mom's no, kind that. of barbecue. I might have got Korean barbecue. Yeah. i Korean barbecue. If you're in Cerritos nah, you, know, nah, you should nah, be able nah. to find a good Korean <laughs> yeah. barbecue. My friends are always inviting me over oh, like, Right let
1: me after like this. What's so great barbecue. to me
0: about Korean barbecue? Because it's not about the sauce because it doesn't involve sauce. <laughs> you see, casual quick barbecue is you put some stuff on the grill and you just sauce it a little bit. And you know what? <laughs> sauce is good. I like sauce. I can put sauce on things, dabble, makes things taste better. But we're talking about Korean barbecue, my mama's kind of Korean barbecue, and that meat is marinated. There's a difference. That's like marinated meat. You see, we're close to lunchtime. I'm gonna make this easy. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to get you to want to leave with your mouth watering. Right? We're talking about marinade. That's different from sauce. Marinade means you know what? It's been tenderized, it's been drenched, it's been dipped. It's like in the, the, the marinade and it's put in that refrigerator and it sits there.
1: You Not for a minute. <laughs> Not
0: even for an hour. It has to go overnight. Yep. And you go, why? Why? So that all that flavor just soaks right in. You understand that? Yeah. Don't you want to have barbecue? <laughs> See, yeah, I know, huh?
1: There's one
0: right there down the road. I don't even know the names, because I can't remember pronounce Korean names, even though I'm Korean. Uh,
1: anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about names because there's a difference that I want to know. And I want you to know, with God, I- I'll tell you, we have Christianity right now, it's kind of a lost in the sauce religion. Oh. You know, a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm right with God, because, you know, I just been, I had a little bit of sauce sprinkled on me. And we go, oh, the Holy Spirit just kind of touched me. We're talking about a marinade relationship with God today. Get that? We're going to talk about how God looks at His people and how Jesus looked at God and God looked at Jesus and we look at the Holy Spirit. There's, it's a different thing. It's not some casual relationship. It's a marinated God. John 14. Let's take a look at this.
1: on, Come
0: I really appreciate the brothers sharing. They're talking about love, love, love. I heard a lot of love today. I heard Dale go, hey, God is love. That was a scripture I was thinking of using today. I heard Larry McLaughlin say, hey, man, it's all about the love. But you know, we can I mean, say so love.
1: Oh, right can but say we got to do it.
0: We can think love. <laughs> but we got to understand it. And what's great about Christianity, I don't know what your belief is. You go, well, there are a lot of religions out there. and I'm telling you, with a lot of politics, sometimes Christianity is a faith that comes out uh, under fire. Not only just in the United States, Europe, everywhere. There's something very different and unique about Christianity. Because when we say God is love, we're saying something pretty deep. John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10, it says this. Says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me?
1: You know, Jesus starts off saying,
0: "Hey, guess what? Let me tell you about my walk with God. It's made in the marinade."
1: <laughs>
0: he says, "I am in the Father, the Father is in me." See, that's weird because you know, you, you that's hard. Like, I'm in you, you're in me. Like that, that doesn't look right. You know, it, that means Jesus is saying we are so. Into each other. That's like that meat in the marinade. It just soaks in. I am so deep. That I just got the flavor in me. We are so close. It's not some light sprinkle. This is like Jesus saying. God is so deep in me. Because I am so deep in God. See, why Christianity is different? Why we say God is love? Because God exists as Father, Son, Holy Spirit in one. That's like God is love because he exists in this super tight loving relationship. Jesus just says, hey, the Son and the Father, we are so into each other. I'm in him, he's in me. There's no beginning or end. We are one. What kind of love do you want in your life? When we live in a world of superficial love, well, I'm just pleasant. I don't want ill for you. I don't hate you. And we say I'm loving. But this love is made in the marinade. you. See it. John chapter 14, let's go on. Verse 15. Actually, no, let's, of, let's go on in verse 10. It says... I do not, how does this marinate? Look, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. You go, what does this look like? You know what? There's no soaking in God without his word and his work. That's what Jesus said. You know how I am just deep in God? Because I've got his word living in me, and I'm working the word. He goes on in verse 11. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. How can I tell? You're not going to tell today whether this is the right church for you. Did you know that? You're going to be able to tell by what you see everyone here and how they act after this service. Now, if I get them too hungry and they run to the Korean barbecue... then, then, you know, maybe give him a second chance next Sunday. But, (laughs) Jesus says, hey, you know how you get deep, how you get drenched, how you just kind of have the flavor of God? You get in his word, you do his work. Chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither uh, sees Him or knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. There's that sense again. The Holy Spirit, He can be with you. But guess what he has to be in you? You can be in the Spirit, and the Spirit can be in you. Can you get that deep? with God. He goes on in verse 19. Says, Before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. I need to get us a picture right here of how spirituality exists. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're just drenched with each other. They're deep with each other. They're into each other. And Jesus says, that's what I want for you too. Can you be in me and I in you? Can you just be so into me that I flavor you? You see, because faith is always supposed to be under fire. Did you know that? How many of you felt like your faith was under fire this week? How about this morning? How about just getting to church? I'm telling you, almost the older you get, every little decision just feels a bit more painful. It just does. But see, when you're little, it seemed painful then too. Just to do my homework, it seemed like torture. I remember my mom wanted me to practice piano. You know how much I would spend more time arguing with her than actually practicing. Have you ever done that? Have
1: you
0: ever? Just kind of waited and wished that your situation would change as opposed to just live through it and watch it get better. Um, You know, a lot of times it just seems to get so hard right now. It just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. And God says, Let me help you out. God says, I don't want you to get lost in the sauce. Let me help you out. I want you to bathe in me and get the flavor when the fire is on. See, can God smell it? The Bible says we are the aroma of Jesus. When the fire is on you, do people just smell generic meat? Do they just smell a little salt and a little pepper? What do they smell when the fire is on your face? Generic, any old Costco meat. Or do they smell something prepared, seasoned, drenched for hours in Jesus? See, this is what we're shooting for, isn't it? Just to be able to have the, the flavor of Christ. It doesn't come quickly. It doesn't come easily. Let's go to John 15. Okay. This is just the setup. I'm sorry, the lesson won't be too long. Though. John 15, verse 9. It says, The Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. You see, once again, be in me. And guess what he says? If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my commands, and remain in his love. See? Be in me, as I am in God. But then he says this. I've told you this, that my joy may be what? In you, and that your joy may be complete. There is just, we've got to understand this notion of being immersed with God. Just get deep in. And Jesus, this is how my walk with God is, and I want you to have that same connection with me. You go. Know, how do I do that? Verse twelve. My command says, "Love each other as I have loved you." Greater love is known than this, to lay down His life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. See, this confuses me at times. I want you to understand that. I think our fellowship, we can get confused at times. And we're going to talk a little bit about some very specific things that we can do to get out of the confusion. Because he goes on saying, hey, be in me. I'll be in you. Let's get drenched. You go, how do I do it? Love someone else. That doesn't make sense sometimes, does it? You go, hey, I want you to really be close to me. You know how do I do that, Dave? Hey, can you go hang out with my friend over there? Mm-hmm. How does that make me close to you? You see that build up? He says, "Hey, I want us to be so. I want you to be made in the marinade. Let's be into each other." And they go, "Well, how do we do this, Jesus? Do we worship you? Do we serve you?" He goes, "Love each other."
1: You know where does that come from? Why is that? Let's go to Ephesians
0: chapter one. Amen. chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, And God placed all things under His feet, and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Did you come to church today? Yes. Now, this doesn't look like a church, does it? What it looks like to me is a high school. We're sitting here in a high school auditorium. Does that feel like church? When I grew up, you know, church has the steeple and the, you know, the pews and all that. And you go, well, why is this church? Nowadays, you know, churches meet everywhere and anywhere. But when I was growing up, it was, you, know, you had a building, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You go, what does Jesus say about the church? The church is the body of Jesus, it's his body. That literally means we here are Jesus' body. Now, I don't know about you, but I just get so caught up in Church is where I come and I sing. I hear a lesson. You know, I'm friendly with people. But what we're saying is we are literally the body of Christ here. So Jesus says, if you want to be in me, you've got to be in the body. Right here, right now, We are in Jesus. Why don't you look at each other
1: and say, Hi, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jesus. We are
0: swimming in Jesus right now. You are in the marinade right now. (laughs)
1: Do you realize that?
0: Now, there's a secret ingredient in in what my mom does for her marinade, and it's a secret ingredient. It won't be secret very long, but it makes it taste good. You go, what is it? She pours Coke into it. For Korean marinade. Yeah, Coke. Yeah, it makes it taste sweet. It has that flavor. I don't know what. It's good. (laughs) Now, my wife, she's not Korean. She's uh, she's Japanese. And... um, when she tries to make my mom's sauce or my marinade, it tastes different. It's Whatever it good. is, her touch makes the sauce taste a little different. But it's good. And I really, really appreciate her effort. It's <laughs> <laughs> sort of the joy and the spirit of Larry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so he's
0: not being. Only one that gets in trouble when he goes
1: home. <laughs> the, the
0: whole thought is that sometimes, man, that ingredient, if it's missing or it's too much, or too little, it could taste off, you know? But we are right here, the body of Jesus, and whatever flavor you are today contributes to the marinade. Do you understand that? See, it's weird. We have to get our minds and hearts around it. Because I need to help you remember this is how one faith works. The faith of Jesus is we look at the Bible and we say, this is true. We look at Jesus and we say, this is who I'm going to be. This is how it's going to be. And Jesus says, you aren't my follower. You are me. Individually and collectively, you're supposed to reflect me. See, follow. The world just keeps changing and changing and changing. And so we say follow. And you know what that means? That means, on your social media. We say, I'm a follower. What does that mean? Oh, I look at your pictures every day. I subscribe <laughs> subscribed to you. It doesn't mean you are transformed. It doesn't mean you are someone who is exactly like that person. And Jesus says, when we are the body of Christ, we are Jesus. You didn't walk into a service. You walked into the marinade. Now are you soaking it in? Well, I need the Psalms to be a certain way. I need the people to be a certain way. You need to be a certain way. Let's go to Ephesians chapter
1: 4.
0: Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope. When you are called, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. One, 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 one. One seems to make things simple, doesn't it? <coughs> I'm really bad. My wife and I were really bad with choices. It takes us so much. We went to go see a movie yesterday. You know how much work that was for us? Yeah. You want to see Equalizer? No, Equalizer, I'm not in the mood for uh, violence. How about Mamma Mia? I mean, Equalizer or Mamma Mia? That's <laughs> how quiet our choices are. How about Mission Impossible? You know, you know what we saw? We saw this movie called Blind Spot. You should see it. It's pretty
1: good.
0: It's one of those indie films. <laughs> but not like a weird indie film. You but know, you know. You know, know but it's so hard to choose. And it's nice when you just go have one. We think one is simple. But you know where one is not simple? First place. That's hard. <laughs> Finding the one that you will love forever. That's hard, right? Well, one sounds simple. No, one is hard. That's why it's hard. Make every effort. To keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You want to be right with God. It's going to take every effort. And some of us, we're waiting for someone to make us feel good about trying. (laughs) Come on, you felt that way. I need. I need to be moved. I need to be inspired. I need to be fed. Now, my daughter is seven years older than my son. And we can get kind of scattered, and I'm probably not the best on domestic details. But when we had our son, my daughter was seven and a half years old. Guess what she had to start figuring out how to do? She started learning how to feed herself. My son is the youngest, he's 13. He's still trying to figure that out how to feed himself. Interesting. The difference. You know, when you realize, wow, I need to do it. And you start thinking, of it. you get that? Yep. Okay. So it takes a lot of work to be one, it takes every effort. It says, it's interesting in verse 3. It's like, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We look at that word peace. And you know, in the Greek we think, oh, peace. When I say peace in English, right, we think it goes, oh, peace from the 60s, right? (laughs) Our peace means calm. Mm -hmm. Right? Like a peaceful, tranquil water. Peace. It's like what you expect with, like, incense and that music. woo right?
1: <laughs>
0: you know what this peace actually is? It means oneness. It's the peace that comes when you're no longer at war. And that kind of peace sometimes is forged. And so I just want you to get a picture to get this oneness. Well, it takes a bite. Yeah. To get this oneness. It means we've got to do stuff. What do we got to do? Let's go to verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip his people for works of service, that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, it's interesting, because when you look at the passage, as says one body, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. The two things that are mentioned over in this passage, again and again, is, is usually unity surrounding faith, And also the oneness of the body. That's why we say, hey, we're a one faith church. Because we we believe that if we can pull together around faith, all the other things can be built. But it just says there's leadership positions here. And how we forge the oneness is to serve together. That's how you get close. Let me tell you how blind dates are awkward. Have you ever been on a blind date? I have you even been on a blind date, right? Has somebody ever set you up with somebody? Right? And so you get set up and you're sitting there looking at each other and, and you're like, okay. You know, so where are you from? Where were you born? You know, what do you like to do for fun? And, and, and it can feel awkward because all you're doing there is sitting at there looking at each other. You know, when the teens will say, Hey teens, how about you get close to each other? They're like, Huh. And you go, well, how, how do you get close? You know how you get close? You serve together. We have these disciples, they go down to TJ like once a month and stuff, and they're from all over our church, our region. And you know they They bonded. They have these special friendships. And, and you go, why? Because they went down together, did something together, and they bonded. You know how we can come together? We do things together. Amen you do things social? No. You serve. You work together. The missionary brigade, I bet you, everyone who went to the Philippines together, they came back with a special bond. So how do I get in you and you in me? Jesus says, you want to marinate in me. You want me to be in you. You've got to marinate in the fellowship because this is me. Let's go on. In Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 17. And so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Wah ha ha This sounds so dark, right? But you know what? This is how we have been. This is how we can be. What happens is over time, this becomes our heart. Our heart's our heart. Our thinking gets ingrained. The way we think, do, and feel, it gets into this pattern. Have you ever felt stuck? Is there something you keep doing over and over again? You know, I wish I could change this thing. Yeah. It's a block in your relationships. It's a block at work. It's a block when you think of your future. And you just feel like you're stuck. Yeah, well, how do I get out of that? You got a marriage. What kind of marriage? Verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you... What does that say? Learn. When you heard about Christ or taught him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's the rough part where I think we all need to start. Wow, we've got to put away the new old school. What? See, some of us have been around for a while, we think there's old school. But it's been 15 years since old school, just so you know. So now we have the new old school. So there's older school and old school. You know what the new old school is? I don't need to get taught. We just need to have a dialogue. And let's come to the conclusions on our own. That's the new old school. And guess what? You don't get close. You don't change. It's just one notch above not growing at all. Because I'm telling you, we all have our biases and we can have a dialogue. This scripture says no. You were taught something different, you were in a rut, and you were given a new way of life and a new way of thinking. Amen. How do we marinate? You want to change those habits? You need to decide, I want to get taught. I want someone to help me to think and do and feel and act differently. Here's the first practical. When you start, we need to decide to pick and stick. Yeah? Pick and stick. Now, I'll be quite frank with you. I love everyone here. I hope you all stick with us, whatever. You know, it's great to have you. But yet, we are going to focus in a very specific way. And there are other places you can go. And I'm not telling you to go. There's the door. But you have to decide. Wow, I've
1: got to start deciding. I'm going to learn. And
0: I'm going to grow. And I'm going to be taught. And you've got to pick and stick to the person who's going to teach you. What do you want to learn? What are we learning here? And you know what? We're going to do the one thing, and we're going to do the one thing, and we'll do it well. We're going to live one faith by loving like Jesus. That's what we're going to do. And you have to decide that's your passion, to faithfully love like Jesus. And we'll teach you that. We'll teach you how to do that in your marriage. We'll teach you how to do that in your family. We'll teach you how to do it in your community. But guess what? You're going to learn how to faithfully love everybody Anyone, in any circumstance. Because we believe, that's what gets you to heaven. We believe that Jesus wants us. He marinates in Christ. You'll have this power to touch lives in a way that no one else can outside of Christ. Do you want that? Well, I want to learn how to sing better. Well, you might learn that. But that's not what we're focusing on. Well, I want to help the poor. Hey, you know what? Helping the poor is a part of loving like Jesus. So yes, we will do that. But it's all under the umbrella of having this miraculous
1: power to love like Christ. Do you want that? Yep. Is that what resonates with you?
0: Because you got to marry me. That's what we, what we believe. I just showed you. This is who God is. God exists in this deep, loving connection that's beyond our understanding. Where other religions have come up. The Jehovah's Witnesses. The Muslims. The Jews. They all say there's just one God. And that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not all together as one. Because that doesn't make sense. That's what they'll say. But we say it makes sense. Because that's how love works. On, We're going to live out that same level of love. In this body, in our families, and in our communities, can we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on to Ephesians. <laughs> Actually, let's go to uh, yeah, let's go to Ephesians chapter five. Uh, we'll close out Ephesians five. Let's go to Philippians chapter three. quite frank with you, as I was sitting here in the fellowship, I talked to Edgar about what to talk about. I said, okay, let me figure this out. So I put together one lesson. And did you know I just called an audible as I sat with the fellowship today? So just so you know. Not a huge audible, but I just realized, what do we need? Because the reason why I adjusted is because I heard Dale and I heard Larry, and they said stuff that I would have said. So I'm trying to steer to something a little more specific. So it's not because anyone did a bad job. It's because I thought, well, I don't want to repeat what other people are saying. Okay? Let's go to Philippians chapter three, because I want us to have this one specific notion. I've got to pick and stick, I've got to become teachable. I gotta decide I'm gonna learn from someone. Our fellowship here is too scattered because we want to be teach all want to be teachers and all wanna be heard. And to be loving means to make each other feel understood, and everyone should feel heard. So I'm not saying that's wrong. But we have to say, gosh, I need to be trained, because if we don't have any sense of oneness in how we conduct our lives, we can't be close. And we'll keep talking about love, and talking about love, and wondering why we don't feel it. And you will feel it when you decide, I'm going to learn from Mike. And I know Mike is learning from maybe Edgar and Dave. And I know Edgar and Dave are learning from this person. And you just start going, okay, and then we all pull together. Because we're all learning, and we're all similar in our hearts and spirit. In Philippians chapter 3. In verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. He says, okay, let's talk about how maturity works. Maturity works with this independence that you just kind of do your own thing. He says, no, only let us live up to what we have already attained, joined together in following my example, brothers. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. We're going to, you know, if I have more time, we can do this as another lesson. But what this means is this. You've got to look and say, wow, can I learn from you? We've got to pick and we've got to stick to Somebody and say, I want to know everything you know. We have a brother who's um, going up to lead the Reno church. So yesterday I had to, um, there was some controversy and some tensions around his hiring. And so I said, i got to really get to know this guy because I work with Reno. And, and so, um, but he came and saw the service. He was here once. He was over it, and He's gotten a couple in the faith point, And his just attitude is, and he's older than I am. He's older than I am by about five years. And his wife is older than Robin by about ten years. And, and, and they just say, we want to learn from you. And, and so we had to sit in a, a situation where I had to do a mediation with him to help repair some uh, past relationships uh, because the Reno Church wanted that. So I sat with him and, and we did it. And it was a great thing. They, everyone was awesome and people got closer. And he goes, "Well, wow, I just want to learn. This is what I'm learning. Yeah, I go, wow, that's very humble of you. We need to have that environment here. Who are you saying that? I want to learn from you in this room. You go. I have someone in another place, in another fellowship, in another thing. I go. Gosh, if you can't find that person here, it doesn't pull us together as one body. You got to pick someone here if we want to have that feeling that God intends for us. Are you with me on that? There's a model. There's an example. There's an imprint. Jesus doesn't walk around with these tumors that don't have any use. He's saying, no, my body works as a, you know, tightly, efficient, powerful unit. It's very important for us to have that same conviction. We'll close out of Colossians chapter one. We won't go to Ephesians. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians is after Ephesians, but Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, that in everything he might have the supremacy. Jesus is awesome. That's why we want to try to be like him. And when you look at Jesus, he says, I love God so much. I am in him. He is in me. I hear his words, and I do his work. Do you see that humility that Jesus has to and In and, and the Bible here, I'm just reviewing, hey, Jesus is the head. We are his body. Right here, we represent Jesus. We're part of him. Church is so important because church isn't where you just check in. Church isn't what you just check out. Let me see if these people are going to read up to my expectations. Church isn't where you are checked out. You just sit here and you go, huh. Church is where we are. We be the body. You be the body. We are the body of Jesus. You are his representative. You are part of who he is right now. Can you get your mind around that? how do we get that feeling? Number one, you pick and stick. You decide, hey, this body isn't going to work if the nervous system doesn't work. Mm -hmm. If the signals don't travel through. If I prick your finger and the the nervous system isn't working, you never feel it. A lot of bad things can happen. That's what happens when you get diabetes. There's this thing called neuropathy. And, and your feet start, stop feeling the right things and they can get infected and all that and then end up with an amputation and things like that because the feeling isn't going. Also, the other way around too. If your signals from your brain don't go to the rest of your body, it's off. If you have a stroke or something and those signals mix, you can get paralyzed, all sorts of things. We've got to understand it goes both ways. But you've got to decide, hey, who am I learning from and how how am I staying connected to this (laughs) group? And structure is important. And you have to choose. But what else is there? In Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Paul says, now I rejoice in what I have suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. I become a servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its forms. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Once again, isn't that wild? Paul says, hey, I work so hard for the body, because when we're in the body... We're in Christ. And he says, I work so hard for this body so you could feel this great thing. It's what? Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. It's this cool picture. It's this marinade. That's why I started off with that. It's we're in Christ and he seeps in us. But the body is important for that journey. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone. With all wisdoms that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Number one, you pick and stick and decide you're going to learn a pattern, you're going to learn a model, and you're going to learn how to become one. But number two, this is what Paul says he does. We pick and stick, but you know what Paul does? He says, I hold and mold. He says, I find you and I'm going to work as hard as I can to present you perfect in Christ. To present you perfect in Christ. To present you perfect in Christ. See, that's what Larry talked about. He says, you know what, we've got to see people and help them out. and you know, and It doesn't matter what the structure is. And so what I said was, no, but also what matters is you, we have a structure, and you decide you want to get help. you got to pick and stick and say, I want to learn. But we have to hold and mold each other. We've got to look at one another and say, hey, let me grab a hold of you and mold you into the image of Jesus. That's how your life changes. It is. And to be quite frank with you, I understand as a church we've gone in a journey. I understand that oh I want to just pray and read and just have my own walk with God until I'm personally moved. I get that people feel that. but you don't need to be in church to do that. The reason why we're in the body is so we can marinate. We're in the body. So that we can help each other soak in Jesus. You guys get that? Yeah. And it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take people here saying, you know what? I've got to rearrange my schedule so I can meet to plan, to talk, to learn. Sometimes we've been so like, well, I don't want to have this meeting. I don't want to have too many meetings. Or I have this going on. I have that going on. If we don't sacrifice to come together, to plan, to learn, <laughs> to talk. You can't be one. And this is where I go on a little agenda when I'm one of God's blessings here. But I'm not the one calling the meetings here. in these cities. this Don and Edgar. And sometimes it's like her cats with our leaders or with anyone. Try to have a meeting. Well, I can't make it because of this. I can't make it because of that. You know, I can't make it. And so then, okay, we'll meet with three of these people this week. The next week, those three can't show, or one of them can show, and then we meet with
1: four others. Some of them are house churches, it's that way. You never it's know what you're anyway.
0: Thank you. And you start going, man, this doesn't feel like one. Pick and stick and say, I'm going to show up to be taught. Hold and mold. you got to tell people, you need to show up to be taught. You gotta know what happens? Let's close out in verse 21. To this end, I strenuously, strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Did you know you got to make a choice today? Sometimes I, I, I talk to people. They go, oh, Jesus died for everyone's sins. Isn't God so loving? I go, well, not exactly. Because that means everyone's safe right here and there. Jesus died for our sins so that we would make a choice. And when you make that choice... God just kind of powerfully works with me. And Paul says, guess what? I am so filled with the power of Jesus. And the power of Jesus works so strongly within me. He so said, here's why. Because I've chosen to hold and mold people. I've decided I'm going to do God's will and make an impact on the people around me. And because I've done that, boom, I'm filled with the power of God. Don't you want that? Let's decide we want to marinate. Let's decide, man, I walk with God. I want to be in Him. I want Him to be in me. But one of those ways to do that is right here with the body of Jesus. This is the body. We've got to decide, I am gonna pick and stick to someone, and I'm gonna hold and mold someone. Get that? Yeah. And when you do that, you will feel the power. You'll feel power you've never felt before, because you're not dally. You see, when you're dating, sometimes you go, should I be with this person? Should I not? When you're married, you just gotta find the strength. <laughs> <laughs> you find it somewhere.
1: Before you have kids,
0: should I have kids, shouldn't I have kids, you know? Um, like Remember, Diaglettao and you know, Eileen, you know, well, you know, it was oh, a battle. And, <laughs> and they what, what do you think? This is too stressful. What about our finances? I go, once those babies are born, once the baby's born, you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right? You understand how it works? Yeah. And they are figuring it out. Yeah. And your kids grow up, and you still keep figuring it out. Right? And just, I want you to experience the power. Yes, we have tired parents here. Yes, we have frazzled spouses here. But guess what? You'll feel the power. Because you made this choice. I'm going to hold and mold you. You got, don't leave this room before saying, hey, you know what? I want to hold and mold you. Don't leave this room without telling someone, guess what? I pick you, I'm sticking with you.
1: And leave knowing who you're going to help. Thank you.